Like the lights? No. I wish. These lights obviously are just not doing well. All right. As we begin, I just want to kind of center myself. I want you guys to kind of get centered. So let's bow our heads. Let's bow our hearts together. Let's go to the Lord. Um, And even if you don't even feel like praying with us, just be respectful about the people around you and just bow your heads and hearts with us. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Um, God, as we kind of dive into what it really looks like to actually study your scripture, help us to be attentive. Help us to actually um, care. Help us to know what it means to truly read your word and then see how it applies to our lives as believers. So Lord, be with us in this moment. Be with us in this time. Soften our hearts and open our ears to the message and what your word has to say for us. So Father, we love you. We thank you and all his people said, amen. Amen. All right, as you get your Bibles open, 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we are going to start. And as we get there, I want to ask this question. And we're going to do, we always work on this. So when I ask the question, raise your hand and then answer it for me. Seems hard, I know, but we're in high school and they obviously agree. So they slammed the door, they were so passionate. When I say the words words, but the word Bible study, what's the first thing that pops to your mind? When I say Bible study, the first thing that pops to your mind? Man, 11th grade, difficult, I know. Sorry, go ahead. He disrupted. Bible, yeah, okay. Huh? Diving into God's Word, I like that. Yes, sir. Huh? Food? Okay. What else we got? If I say the word Bible study, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Me, church, I like that, all right. Yes, sir. Family. family. See what happened, like, just levels above when you raise the hand. What else we got? Anyone else? Kaylee, what's the first thing that pops to your head when I say Bible study? Okay. It's got so wide-eyed, I love it. Learning. If you have your Bibles open to Second Timothy chapter 3, it says this. It says, and how from a childhood, this is, this is Paul talking to Timothy, he says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And verse 17 really hits it on the head, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So what I realized and what I picked up on after we kind of talked about in this series, like after we get saved, we obviously want to know if we, if we love Jesus, we want to know what he has to say to us. And how do we know what he has to say to us? The Bible, right? Glad two of us got it. The Bible, it's God's word. And so as we read it and as we understand it, that's how we get to know who God is, what he's done for us through Christ Jesus, and what he's doing with us currently, and how this world's going to end, and how our eternity is going to be forever. And so we learn all of that through the pages of the Bible. But after we kind of discuss just the kind of foundation of, if you guys are saved, you're going to want to know like what God says. But I think for a lot of us, it's kind of intimidating just reading the Bible just flat out for what it is, and not truly being able to understand it, right? How many of you guys do a daily devotional? Raise your hand. Okay. What are some of the daily devotionals that we do? Do you guys use a plan? Do you guys use an app? What is it? What do we do? You have an app? What's the app? I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I hope that's not the title, though. What else? What else we got? Who, who, has, a, who has? Yes, sir. Daily bread. 
If you don't know what that one is, I think it's already getting printed in the 50s. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it is free. What else? Who else? Who? Yes, sir. Today in the Word. Today in the Word by who? It's Moody Bible. By Moody Bible Institute. Who else? Yes. The U version. The U version constantly has it. Hey, Caleb, what's your streak at? All right, never mind. I thought he had it memorized at this point. It's like 450. Um, but here's the deal. I'm 484. Oh, nice. How many of you guys are currently in a relationship? This is about to be a test. Oh, my gosh. So many of you are so shy. They're like, I think I am. They might not know it, but I know it. All right. If you're in a relationship, hear me out. Hear me out. If you're in a relationship, let me ask Miss Cheryl back there. Miss Cheryl, how long have you been married to Mr. Steve? All right, 40 years. Miss Cheryl, do you think you would have made it 40 years if you maybe once a week like, thought about Steve, but you never really talked to him? Absolutely not. What, would, what do you think would happen? We'd grow apart. What about you guys? How often, how, for, for those subtle hand raises that we saw, you, do you kind of desire talking to the person that you like? Right, like if you're in a relationship, you kind of want to talk to him, right? So here's my question for the night. If the majority of you in this room claim to have a relationship with King Jesus, why do we treat him like some far-off fairy tale who he's cool enough and big enough to save us from hell, but like I don't talk to him even as much as I talk to like a, a, a close friend, let alone a girlfriend or boyfriend. You're more eager to talk to them but when it comes to the guy who can give you eternal life, you're like, hey, thanks for the gift, but like, I got to get going. Like, it's a weird uncle or something at a party. See, that's why we're making this such a point, is if you genuinely have a relationship with Jesus, if you are born again, if you've surrendered your life saying, I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior, and it's only through the grace of God and what Christ Jesus did on the cross for me that I can be made alive, wouldn't you kind of want to know what he has to say to you? How many of you guys pray daily? You see how kind of confusing this is? There's a lot of you in this room who have a very one-sided relationship with God. You like telling them all your woes and worries. You like praying before the football games and the cheer competitions and the theater and the school and all these things. You like chucking up prayers in moments of extremeness. But heaven forbid you actually open up the Bible and hear what he has to say back. You guys catching on where this is kind of goofy? About three times as many of you raised your hands and say, yeah, we pray. But like two of you raised your hands and say, yeah, I actually read the Bible. I actually do a devotional. And it's through seeing this that made me want to understand better. And hopefully, maybe it's just because you haven't been taught. Maybe it's because you've never been given a good tool. Maybe it's because... You just genuinely didn't know that there was a need to be reading your Bible and understanding what God had to say. And so that's what I want to walk through tonight, because clear as day, we see that all Scripture, this whole book from Genesis to Revelation, right, all of Scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training. 
who do we normally look to when we want to have a good relationship, right? We look to maybe our parents who might have a really good marriage. We look to people like Cheryl and Steve who've been through hell and back and stand stronger than ever at 40 years of marriage. I know I do. I'm only four years in and I'm about to have my first kid. You know who I'm starting to look to? I'm starting to look to your guys' parents who I know here in the church. Maybe not all of them, but I'm looking at most of them. For examples, right? Because I've never done it before. I've never walked this path. I got the easy road. It's going to be a boy. Just kidding. I feel like it's going to be 10 times more crazy if he's anything like me. But still, I don't just go, cool, I'm going to be a parent and do nothing to understand what it means to be a parent, right? You guys don't show up to school for an AP exam and go, haven't studied a single bit. We about to ace this bad boy. There might be like one of you in this youth group who can actually successfully do that, and we're all jealous of you guys. But if we want to know who God is and what he has to say to us, should we not go to where it says this is his word? How many of you guys even have a Bible at home? How many of you guys brought it with you tonight? Do we see a trend? Like, at what point are we going to want to start putting our faith above minimal friendships? At what point are we going to put our relationship with Jesus finally over that person that clearly doesn't even know that you raised your hand thinking you're in a relationship with them? We are so obsessed with all the people that are sitting around here and what we look like to them and who we're potentially going to date tomorrow for five days and then break up and we don't know it for a month that we throw Jesus to the back burner who's constantly there for us who gives us eternal life. And so tonight I want to run us through something because in your small groups you're going to walk through it in a, in a deeper way. It's this method called SOAP. Sounds funny. I taught it at Camp Gilead where I used to work and it worked for middle schoolers and elementary schoolers. It can work for us. Some of you actually need SOAP, but that's a different discussion. That's a lot more over there in middle school, but it's okay. SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, application, and then prayer. So scripture, right? If you guys want to learn how to study the word of God, you take a passage like 2 Timothy, right? 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, that's your scripture for the moment. So then observation, what is observation to us? It's actually found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says this, and Jesus came and said to them, he's talking to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 is the kicker. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the ages. So not only do we have to read his word, but we got to observe it. I'm assuming those of you who raised your hand probably wasn't a blind date. There was probably things you observed about this person that you're like, I'd really like to take them out. This isn't 90 Day Fiance on TLC. I hate that show. It ruins marriage. It ruins relationships, and it's stupid. It's a bad word. I don't say it, but 90 Day Fiance is. Um, but we got to observe things, right? If, if all I ever did when Jess talked to me at home was just sit there and kind of zone out and play like Call of Duty or watch, you know, uh, Chopped. 
and then she's just sitting there for the next 10 minutes waiting for a response. I was present. I listened, right? The words were being spoken around me, but was I observing what she was saying? No, I was observing chopped. So when you're starting to study scripture, don't just read it and go, all right, read it, check the box, going to go on with my day. I got a good relationship with Jesus. No, you got to then observe the passage. That's where we start to see things when it says, hey, Jesus says, all authority in heaven's given to me. What does that mean? Jesus is all powerful. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is big enough to save your life from hell. He is big enough to give you a new life. Do you not think that he cares about your day-to-day then? Jesus cares about who you hang out with, about what you're wearing, about how you think of yourself, about how you care about yourself, about the fact that you might sit in this room tonight and hate who you are because you don't find purpose. You don't feel loved. And then all of a sudden you can read a verse that Jesus says, hey, all power and authority has been given to me. And I want you to know I died and I took the cross for you. I want you to know that that's how much I care for you in every moment of life. But you, you won't know that if you just read John three sixteen and then move on. You have to observe what it's truly saying. Right? We have to pick out who he's talking to. We have to pick out what the commands are. Is it, is it descriptive? Is it prescriptive like we've talked about here before when we talk about God's word? Is it something that we have to go do or is it just something that's a fact that happened in history? We got to observe things. Is there words repeated? Is there commands given? Is there warnings that are taking place? Is there facts being given to us? We got to sit down and, and take note of that. And then after that, after we, we linger on the text for a little while in our devotional time and we start lingering, then it gets to the point where how does, how does it start to impact who we are for the day? How does that start to impact who we are in light of our relationship with Jesus? Well, this is where the A comes in, the application part. In Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, it says this. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to, divide, to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Verse 13, and no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give an account to. I don't want you to miss this because of just the funny way it's worded. But God sees all. Not just what you show to everyone around you and your friends group and here at school or at church or wherever you go to school. Not what you want people to see. God sees all of you. The thoughts that you have late at night, the actions that you take place when you're one-on-one with your date, the things that you look at when you're all alone. God sees all these things. It's exposed. He says, I see it without you trying to be able to hide it. And there's a lot of us in this room that we play the game of Christian, and then when we go home, we live like Satan. And Jesus sees all of that. When we see that it's alive and active, we know that it applies to our lives today. So when you observe Scripture, so you've read the passage, you then observe the Scripture, you see the truths in it, you see the challenges in it, now all of a sudden you're saying, how does this impact me for today? So this is a cool thing that I always told our, uh, told our students at camp is, 
is I challenge them to write like an I will statement. Right? Like, I will start reading my word, the, the word of God, every day because now I see in here in 2 Timothy 3 that it's going to complete me when I read it. It's going to show me what I need to do. So I'm going to start doing my devotionals every day. Not a, I will try or I might. Because how often when your friends are like, hey, you want to hang out this weekend? Ah, we might. What does that mean? That means no, you're not. Especially when you get to my age, you're like, yeah, 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 I'll check with my wife. I ain't ain't leaving the house. Right? You have to be assertive even with yourself. So in this section of your devotional structure, after you've observed it, after you've read the text, and now you're wanting to apply it, give yourself a challenge, give yourself a goal, give yourself a truth that you can hold on to for that day. Hey, when I feel out of control, when life feels scary, when things seem dark, I can go back to that Matthew 28 passage where it says, Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus has all power. So when I have a relationship with King Jesus, I don't have to worry about being in control because he is. So it will say, I will not worry any longer. How many of you guys deal with anxiety? How many of you guys deal with doubt? For being honest, none of you? Great, that's awesome. I'm glad we have super Christians. Clearly from our raising hand tryouts, none of you read your Bible, but you pray a lot, which is awesome. So you have to challenge yourself. Because if all you do is just read it for the words that are on here, not what God's trying to want you to just sit with him in, you're never going to grow. And so after you make this challenge, after you make this statement of this, I will, right? I will sit in the fact that I am a son and daughter of the Most High. I will go out every day in confidence knowing that Christ Jesus died for me on the cross. He gives me forgiveness. He gives me new mercy every day. I will live in that truth. And that changes the game from waking up and just going, man, I hope I got a like on social media. Hey, I hope that person texts me today. You know how much of a crappy life you live banking on social media and other people? If that's where you find your validation, if that's where you find your hope and your energy and your goals for the day, just stop. Stop chasing it. It's an endless circle like a dog chasing its tail. Chase after Jesus and his word. Because he gives you purpose, meaning, and design. And so the P in SOAP is prayer. So now that you've done your study, you've read the scriptures, you've observed them, you've lingered in them, you've made your I will statement, you've written down a very applicationable, like an applicable thing, I want you to look at Romans 8, 26 through 20. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Guys, I hope by next week after we kind of do this this challenge that I have for us in our small groups that... When I say, hey, how many of you guys are reading your Bible and actually reading God's word, it's going to be the same amount of hands that say, yeah, we pray every day. 
Because it's kind of weird if you keep trying to call your friend and, and you talk to it the whole entire time and it ends up being just a dead number. Because you're not actually trying to figure out, like you just have them on mute the whole time and you're just talking. Like what type of conversation is that? I've done that before. My cheekbone hits the mute button. I didn't realize it. And they've been talking for like five minutes. You're missing out on half the relationship because you're treating God like a genie. This world isn't Aladdin. Get over it. If you want a relationship with God, you kind of got to know what God's saying. Because here's the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you're truly in times of need, when your life is genuinely falling apart, when you're seeking advice and you have no idea what to do, when you're confused, when you're just trying to go to Walmart, the Holy Spirit brings up scripture that you have studied. He brings to light God's word within you. Why? To comfort you, to correct you, to guide you. So when you are praying to God, you're able to go, God, I don't know what's going on right now. And I need your help. I don't know what decision to make. All of a sudden now, because you've been doing your devotions, you've been studying God's word, you're actually dwelling in it and not just checking a checkbox. The Holy Spirit's bringing up in you these gold mines of scripture that you've read. Like that ending verse. How many of us have read this verse and just walked on it like it was just applied to everybody? It's, it's, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. See, when we read that verse, it actually is only applied to certain people. So if you don't have a relationship with God, that verse does not apply to you. Well, I do more good than bad, so God's going to work things out for me. No. It says, for all of those who genuinely love God are working together all things for their good according to whose purpose? His purpose, not yours. Because when we have a right relationship with God and we're studying his word and we're diving into it and we're praying to him about what we're studying and not just praying for a new boyfriend, then we'll actually understand what it means to walk with God. He wants to have a relationship He's given you all the tools. For a lot of you, it's not being that 50-50 Christian anymore. It's not just sitting there chucking up a prayer that you've memorized every single day before you brush your teeth. It's maybe getting up five minutes earlier so you can actually sit in his word and know what he wants you to hear. Maybe it's staying awake 10 minutes longer so you can end the day knowing, man, God calls me his son. You know how long I laid awake at night wondering why my dad left? I was broken because a human failed me, because a human couldn't fill the void, because my parents aren't perfect. And now I have a heavenly father who says, I'm right here for you to talk to, and I'm right here for you to see what I have to say. And then he teaches us in his word how to do it. It can't be any easier than that. So pick a passage of scripture. Observe it. What does it say? What is it showing you? What's it teaching you? What are the themes? What are the repeated words? What are the purposes of that passage? Who's it being written to? Why is it being said? And then once you get all that information, then you can apply it. 
right? We all love Jeremiah 29, 11, for I have plans for you. I want to remind you guys that if you have that on your journal or a mug, it doesn't apply to you in context. It's to the nation of Israel. But the truth of what God is saying to the nation of Israel stands true for us. The truth that God is faithful to his people stands true to us. But we would never know that if all we ever did was just read the scripture and check the box and move on. But when we start to linger and see what the Bible actually has to say to us, it changes the game. You guys would not be able to be here enough. You would want to be busting down these doors to get to Sunday morning, to get here to Wednesday nights. Why? Because you are he's so hungry for his word. You'll be so hungry to be able to get into these side rooms and start talking about it with your peers and your youth leaders. I promise you, your relationship with God will bloom like no other when you actually give time to his word. Stop treating God like a genie and actually treat him like the one who has given us the book that is for life. This is that the, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. You can't be good on your own. You need the Bible. Trust me, I sucked at school and high school. I, they, I think they honorarily graduated me to get me out. But this was the one book that I hungered after. I hated all the other big textbooks. They stayed in my locker. But I love this book. Because this book reveals the heart of the one who gives me life. So as you guys go into your small groups this evening, you're going to actually walk with your youth leaders in your small group through a passage of Scripture and do the SOAP method. So I want you guys to get some reps in that. And then actually what we did is uh, my assistant and I made SOAP journals. And the challenge is going to be this, that as you guys go into these small groups, your, your youth leaders are going to grab one for each of you, and they're going to give you a passage to study for the next week. From Wednesday to Wednesday, they're going to tell you, hey, I want you to study, and I want you to fill this out. And if you guys can bring those back completed with a genuine effort put in to do devotionals every day, we're actually going to try and get you guys uh, something for your small group. Because here's the deal. Whether 10 of you show up, whether 40 of you show up, whether only one of you in here actually cares and listens, or all of you actually care and listen... I'm going to be here every Wednesday. I'm going to be here every Sunday teaching you this. Because being labeled class clown in the yearbook or most likely to be successful is, is no offense, Miss Miranda, but is bunk. All right, good. <laughs> Some of them in here should get class clown, but it's fine. But do you want to be called a clown? Or do you want to be called a child of God? Because my goal for all of you in this room here and the people that you influence is I want you to be able to be known for the label that you are a child of God, not just a clown who's trying to get approval of this world. So I hope and I pray that you guys take the time to actually take this. It's the easiest method you could think of to actually study God's word every day. 
So if you guys will, join me on this challenge. If you can even just do it for a whole week, I promise you, you're going to see a difference. Wake up five minutes earlier, get it knocked out. Wake up or stay up 10 minutes later, get it knocked out. Look at it, linger on it, study it, actually see what God's word is trying to reveal to you. And I promise you, not a single one of you who comes back with a completed book next week is going to be able to say, yeah, I'm the same. It will reveal to you. When you spend time with God, God will reveal things to you. When you spend time with God, you will grow and be challenged. So can we do that this week? All right. Well, let's bow our heads. Let's bow our hearts. And after that, youth leaders, when you grab your folders, grab the number of books that you need. But Father, thank you for tonight. God, I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad that we can have fun hanging out before and after. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful for amazing students like Natalie who came up here and just crushed it singing God for the first time. Lord, I love that we have students all around here stepping it up and, and wanting to lead for you, wanting to point other people back to Jesus. So God, I pray that as we walk through how to study your word, not just that we should study your word, but how, how we should study your word, God, I pray that we can take some time and, and exercise it here in the small group time and talk about devotionals and different types and, and different ways that we can just be in your word every single day, God. I pray over everyone here that they can soften their hearts and their minds to this truth. God, and I pray if there's a student in here tonight who needs to finally get over themselves and surrender their lives to you because it's only by confessing with their mouth that you are Lord and believing in our heart that you were raised from the dead three days later that they will be saved. God, I pray that everyone in this room comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because it's only by you that we have purpose here in this life and we have a plan for the next. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this all in your son's name, Jesus, and his people said, amen. All right, let's go ahead to your small group. Get with your small group leader so you can find the journals with them and then go to your small groups. Hey, everyone who meets in this side room right here, there's a bunch of weird boxes and stuff. Please don't touch them.